For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Can I hear it off air? Tony, what are you doing? Why are you blo- What do you even call that thing? The What's the word for the favorite thing? thing? Party it, favorite. It's like a little horn that you blow at mm-hmm. New Year's Eve or something. It's broken. It rolls out. What are you doing? Oh, it's okay. not broken. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did is you that find that? Is that in honor of my birthday? Oh, happy birthday, Russ. Oh, thank you. <laughs> are you the guy that brings donuts to work for your own birthday? No, in school. Hey, I'm everyone, it's my birthday. No, in school, it was you bring cupcakes for the class. But that was yes. like different. You, they I still never did that did when that. you were a kid? Yeah. Because when my daughter, when Grace was in uh, public school for kindergarten, you you could do that. But it was there were very strict rules. It had to be store bought in the package because yes. they did. And it had to be all these things like, you know, peanut free and all that. When I was oh. a kid, your mom made something that you brought in. Oh, no. It's hey, let's go to Jewel, grab some cupcakes on the way to school. Okay. I never did that. My parents never had that. I was always take, waiting for another kid's birthday to get cupcakes. No, nah, it was always lit. That, that sounds very and, sad. Yeah. Oh, no, I enjoyed that. I, it was all taken. I didn't have to input anything. I saved those birthday cupcakes for me when I got home. <laughs> the real question Oh, I is, see what he means now. I see what he means. The real question is, what is what was the party favor that you just had before? Yeah. Oh, um, my girlfriend's niece, Abby, turned one this past uh, weekend, and uh, they had uh, party favors. Got it. Well, I am not turning one this weekend, but uh, I don't have time to watch TV anymore, really. I've yeah. noticed about my life. Like, that's the one thing about this job is that like I can't. Everybody's like, oh, this show is great. It's like, uh, don't really have time. Uh, lockout yes. helps with that. I've been catching up a lot. Like, I watch all of Cocaine Cowboys. The, the lockout in the cold weather. You have Thank no you. work to do and you're afraid to go outside. Yes. 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 <laughs> um, Give it a couple of months. <laughs> We're going to get into you. <laughs> I have, dude, the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I, I, heard you, I heard you guys. I heard you guys on Lawrence's show. Oh, killing you? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It is <laughs> not, for should. one. It is. It is not jealousy. For one, it's. I, want, I didn't say that. I, I said you was hating. I want Russ to experience what it's like being in love with somebody and sharing that experience. Tony, with one person. All right, this is where we start the show. Um, but like, 
I need you to understand there are mm-hmm. billions of people in the world mm-hmm. who are in situations mm-hmm. like mine that are mm-hmm. just like, just because you're in love right now doesn't mean I need to be in love right now, bro. Oh, but it's the best. It's the best. Tony, I'm telling you. Tony, Tony, stop. <laughs> My parents have been married for over 40 years. Like, you think mm-hmm. I don't know what love is? Like, I understand. I just, mm-hmm. I'm not there mm-hmm. right now. This is what I'm trying to tell you, though, you're missing, Russ. You're missing like, out, bro. This is Tony. You didn't hear what my parents have been married for over forty years. I get it. Yeah. Tony act like love just came out last week and is like, bro. Oh my god! It's it's the new wave, bro. Russ, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Is that like I love my wife, but we're adults and we've been married for sixteen years. Like this is all like Tony is all this like high school stuff right now. Have you guys I seen just, I Think I Love My Wife? Really good movie. Oh, Funny. Chris Rock? Yeah. Funny movie. Very good movie. Carrie Washington, by the way. Whew, tough. She had a run there for like five years where everything she was in, she I was, passed out. She was ranked number one in the AP polls. <laughs> she was number one in AP polls. From Tony. Top 25 for sure. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Tony, like I, I understand where you are and like mm-hmm. I'm sincerely happy for you and we'll get into why i'm we're all happy for you you. but it's just like bro you can't try to rush everybody that you meet into no finding the love of their life at that i'm telling kids hey you got to find your wife right now life doesn't work like that tony tony there are as russ said there are billions of people trying Mm -hmm. to enjoy the single life and russ intends to meet all of them but but here's (laughs) my thing it's not even about it's not about the single life it's not about that. It's like, why would I try to rush to find the person I love right now? Oh, why rush greatest. it? If it's the point, <laughs> you're not stop. listening. <laughs> no, he's not listening if, to anything. If it's the point of is finding the person I want to be with for the rest of my life, why would I rush to make a decision on it right now at 26 years old? That's dumb. I mean, all right. Like, I don't know if I get this cool party favor if I'm not with my girlfriend right now. Oh gosh, stop it! Yeah, I'm, we're now. See, I am jealous uh, that you went to a yeah. one-year-old's birthday. Congratulations! Uh, I definitely took a whole tray of cupcakes. Would not have those cupcakes if it was not for my girlfriend right now. But Tony, you could just buy cupcakes. See, that's a Tony. trick. That's a trick, right? Because you think like, all right, I'm an adult. I can get cupcakes. It doesn't taste the same if it's not for you. And if it's like, not made with love, I, I can't really listen to any more of this, please. I, and trust no, me, I'm, like, do you, do I'm you someone who's Jason in why, love. But just Jason, do you understand why? Like, I, I'm so perplexed because, like, he talks to me like I don't understand the concept of love. It's because you don't, Russ. No one does in the world except for him. Except him. Except him. He's yeah. he's the only one that's experienced this thing before, and he has to tell the world about it. Yes. Start the show, Jason. I mean, and we're happy for you. We are happy for you. I'm I'm starting to not be happy for him. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Let's put both of your love lives on uh, on hold for a second and start the show. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure. My co-host, Russ Dorsey. Uh, Tony Gill, our Hello. producer. Is Tony's playing? I still don't know the word for this thing. It's it's one of these little horns, and it's got foil paper. And Thank you, Tony. At the end of it, and when you uh, when you blow it, it unravels and shoots out and makes a horn sound. And uh, he's very happy with it. And you need to stop doing that, please. Yeah, I was about to say we, executive we got right now. We're done. We got it. You had a party favor. You went to a kid's birthday party and yeah. uh, got toys. So I'm asking yes. you to remove that from your mouth yeah. on our audio platform. Wow. Put it to the side. Hey yo, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna we'll let Joseph Jason uh, pay the bills real quick. 
Russ, Russ and I often do not see quite eye to eye. We're kind of in the same, you know, general time zone on this, but we don't always see quite eye to eye on Tony's antics. This one we do, Tone. Okay. So both of the people that signed the checks are saying, can you put the horn away, please? Why don't you, can I give you a little project while I, while I read an ad? Can you find out what that thing's called? Can you find out, Tony, what the name of that thing is? Do some producing. Look it up, please. Thank you. Sports Adjacent is brought to you by BetUS. You can go to betus.com.pa and use our promo code SPORTSADJACENT, all one word. It'll get you a 125% sign-up bonus. It means you start your account with $100. They will kick you an extra $25 before you make your first bet. You can bet on the NFL, college bowl games, NBA, NHL, a whole lot more on there. Go to betus.com.pa and use our promo code. Russ, I have a question for you. Okay, then I have a question for you after you ask me mine. Oh, what's yours about? No, no, no. We'll let you go first. Well, you looked, I just did a bunch of talking. You can do yours. Well, no, I know you had a thing to say, and then you wanted to figure out what Tony's uh, party kazoo was called. Ooh, kazoo, man, that might be close. Do you know what it's called yet, Tony? Did you find out? Uh, yes, it's called a party horn, also known as a party blower, yo, party pipe, hey, yo, party elephant, party blowout, yo. Party noisemaker, party <laughs> whistle, hagooda, oh noise popper, birthday kazoo, wizard, blow tickler. Yo. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. It does not say that. That it was not right. say that. I am Tony was making up all of those things. Yeah. Well, he definitely made up that last one. Do you have no, any I'm, more? I'm, no, it's right here. It's right now. I'm looking at the, the Wikipedia of the history of the party horn right now. Also known as the... Uh, blow tickler. Yes, thank you. <laughs> All right. I think that's uh, uh, <laughs> okay. Um a hard left turn from that into uh I was wondering because I still have to deal with this issue in my house because I live with other people. You obviously are single at the moment, living by yourself and have total freedom, Russ. Mm-hmm. But a- as a kid. Did you have to hide food in your house to make sure that the other people, particularly your brother, I would assume, didn't get it? Like if you got some ice cream or you got some chips and you're like, hey, these are mine. Did you have to hide them in the freezer or in the pantry? Uh, So we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and this is actually a good topic. The one of the the reasons me and my brother got into fights, because like, let's say I came home with some pizza from going out with my friends. Yes. And I'd wake up the next morning like, oh, man, I got pizza left over. And I go downstairs, open the fridge to no pizza. Instant fight in the Dorsey household. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, this kind of thing happens to me now because even though I'm an adult and fully out of my house, like my kids do this to me. My kids really are the ones that do this, not my wife so much, because a lot of the stuff that I like enough to try to uh, protect, she doesn't really she's not really that into like my wife doesn't eat ice cream. She doesn't like it uh, She with the dairy and everything like that. I do. And so uh, the people I'm hiding this from are the kids. But what you just described is exactly the situation that happens to me often where I'm getting home late from work. I've been at Soldier Field for 12 hours or something that day and I'm coming home and I'm like, there's, you know what I'm going to eat because dinner will have long passed at home by this time. Uh, what I'm going to eat is whatever leftovers we had Thursday or something like that that I know was good. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's going to be great. And then you get home and you find whatever Tupperware that was in is in the sink. You're like, okay, great. Thank you. Or worse, uh, 
the Tupperware is in the refrigerator. <laughs> like what happened with me and my brother were kids, where it's like, I'm just gonna take what was in here out and then I'm gonna make it seem like it's oh, wow. there. Yeah. That's a good I actually you know, I actually did that to my kids recently, a little bit of payback. They had a bag of Laffy Taffy. I'm not sure if they even knew it was there. I think my wife got it for them. And I took like an, I took a little uh box cutter, like a little knife, and just put a slit in the back of it and started eating all the ones that weren't banana over the course of uh, a couple of months until you're all that was left in, in the bag was banana. But yeah, um, you're, that's, that's a, uh, for a dad, that's, that's, that's tough. That's diabolical. Yeah, that is. you need survival skills around here, man. Cause okay. Like one of the things I like to get is a Ben and Jerry's ice cream and it's expensive. It's like six bucks, man, for a little yes. pint of ice cream. That That's pricey. If you get it on sale, it's like four bucks at, at the jewels. Uh, but my kids will get into that. And it's funny, like my wife will get some kind of treat or something for herself and tell the kids, don't eat this. This is for me. And the kids will respect it. And then, but they see something that's obvious, my, obviously mine, and they just tear into it because it's good. Or if I tell them, then it's always kind of this little like wink, wink, like, yeah, okay, dad, we won't eat it. And you know, they're going to. And so they, sure enough, they tore into some of the Ben and Jerry's ice cream and that's like $12 out of my pocket, man. That's their whole college fun right there down the drain spin on ben and jerry's the other day you know what i did i had a little bag of pretzels you ever had pretzels and ice cream do you like ice cream uh yes not the combination of pretzels and ice cream but i Pret- guess i Pret- understand why you're going there Pret- pretzels and ice cream is very good sweet and, savory uh, I, combination yes yeah gotcha with van- especially with vanilla ice cream but i imagine it's good with any flavor of ice cream but i had a little bag of like rolled gold pretzels just like a dollar bag of pretzels or something like that. And I threw that in the pantry thinking like, no, who's going to want this? Nobody's going to mess with this. I'm going to leave this here. I'm going to get some vanilla ice cream in a couple of days. When I go to the store, it's going to be, I'm going to have the time of my life. This is an exciting Friday night for me, Russ at 37 <laughs> um, with four jobs and two, two or three kids. Uh, and sure enough, like whatever night it was, I go in there to get those pretzels and half the bag's gone. It's like, come on, who needed these pretzels that bad? They're just pretzels. I thought I was safe with pretzels. Nah, dude. You're you're as a parent, you're not safe with anything. You're never safe. As, as Tony, the kid who used to tear into his parents' food, like you, nothing safe. Mm-hmm. Tony, you must have this problem a lot, given no. how many people you live with. No, nobody likes what I like, so I'm all in the clear with that. Oh, shocker! Nobody's yeah. stealing those mayo sandwiches, huh? Nope, not a single one. All right. The, so the thing that I wanted to ask you guys, Tony, I think you're really gonna love this. Um, so I was thinking earlier, what's the Jason for you first? Do you think you could, what's the one, two questions? What's the emoji that you use the most when Mm. texting? This this is going to be the oldest answer you've ever heard. Okay. I don't, I don't really use them at all. Mm. Well, I mean, eggplant, obviously, but other than that, I don't really. (laughs) (laughs) Tony, which one do you use the most? In fact, uh, my cell phone tracks that. So really, yeah. Is there a way I can find that out for mine? I wanna, uh, I wanna do that too. That's a good group exercise. So you go to your text messages, uh, and you hit the emoji, and the one that is the in the frequently used section, the one that is. The f- most top left is your most frequently used, and then you go down from there, 
and then down again, then down again. Okay. So my most frequent one is the laughing emoji. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tony, if you were to screenshot the list of frequently used emojis, mm-hmm. would you feel comfortable sharing that on socials? Oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Now, is this the most frequently used by me or most frequently? Does this count ones that other people have sent to me? Man, no, I'm sounding older you. and older the longer this conversation goes. It's by you. Okay. Mine is the fire emoji and the, uh, like, hockey goal siren emoji and arrow pointing to the left and elephant. It's it's a, it's a five by five section. Yes. So, yeah. So Not like on mine. Oh, wait. Oh, wait a second. So, yeah, it's a top no, 25 it's... of emojis. Yeah, okay, so now it's... All right, now I got it. Then that answer was incorrect. Oh. Well, but this doesn't make sense. This says the most frequently used one is the heart emoji, but I'd never use that. But that means that you've used you it. You oh, recently. my kids. My kids or... use this phone. My kids. Oh, man, now I get it. My kids use this phone and they text emojis like crazy to my mom, my dad, my wife. That's it. But I'm okay, going to guess. Like, why the elephant? Like, that doesn't yeah. seem like a Jason Leisure emoji. I don't know why either. But now that I'm looking at it, I think the one that I use the most, there's a squirrel on here, Tony. The kids must be hammering that squirrel emoji. Uh, the one I think I use the most is the bullseye. I think I do. I will send that back to somebody if they say something that I completely agree with. Interesting. You know what I'm talking about? The dart that goes into the bullseye? Yeah. Why is I that interesting? You. What's weird about that? That I've... I've of all the emojis, that's a an interesting choice to be one of your most used ones. Did you want it to be like eggplant, peach, water splash, or what did you? What were you hoping for, Russ? No, I'm I'm honestly just curious, dude. It did wasn't I just read like, your top three? I, <laughs> one, I wasn't trying to set you up. Two, no. Tongue my emoji. top, my top, uh, my most frequently used are laughing emoji, mm-hmm. laughing sideways mm-hmm. emoji, uh, black heart eyeballs. Um, the little shocked face with the hands on the face. Okay. Fire emoji. <laughs> Produce. <laughs> <laughs> Produce yep. and, condens- and condensation. It's funny that he <laughs> condensation really. Wow. And you say that me and Tony are the ones feeling this narrative, huh? <laughs> I that was a that was a peek straight into your private text messages. I mean, I am a shopper often, right? I'm gonna go, well, go to Whole that's Foods what, a lot. That's we've we've heard, yeah. Whole Foods, like the store. Oh, with a W. <laughs> All right. All right. So we had a lovely dinner the three of us and tony's lovely girlfriend stephanie who i met for the first time yes it was awesome for everybody out there i had everything i had heard coming in was like yo she's great met her all the scouting reports were true (laughs) she was fantastic um smart funny obviously she's a gorgeous young lady and Everything that the if you hear the things you hear from out of coming out of Tony's mouth about her are all true, right? Um, correct. And so then the evening's going great, conversation flowing, laughs, 
and I'm sitting back and I'm thinking, I'm just like, I, I don't get it. And so I asked Stephanie, I said, Stephanie, you're awesome. Word for word. And then I just say, why? And she starts to laugh. And then she says, oh, why him? Pointing to young, young Anthony. And she goes, I mean, like everybody says like, hey, he's kind of weird, but I don't see it like that. And so maybe that means I'm weird too. To which Jason and I replied, yes, it probably yeah. does. Yeah, Tony doesn't but, choose awesome. to be that way. He has no control over it, it seems. Um, she has a choice. And has, she's chosen this life. No, no, she chose. Yeah. She's locked in, whether yeah. she knows it or not. My my um, brother my brother thought this was weird that uh, we were eating dinner, that, that it was Stephanie and Tony and the two of us and, like, none of her friends or anything. But I didn't think it was weird. It was just Tony I mean, wanted his... His, her to meet his friends and fair yeah, yeah. like her, Stephanie meeting all the people that I hold near and dear is super important to me uh, because one oh, thanks man ultimately they're going to be invited to the wedding you know whenever e- that may be <laughs> but also like she needs to know who who do I confide in who do I want around me and the type of people that I allow around me is also a reflection of me. Mm. So when I'm introducing to her, to you guys, to Lawrence, to, you know, my other friends, like, I want her to know, like, these people round me out. Like, there's a reason why I have these select people in my life and that I talk with is because they're real and genuine people. And also, this is, they're also a a part of me. This This is what you're joining. Like you're joining, you know, me and then the group of people, my family and friends that are about me. And if it's also, again, another it's not like a test or anything like I already knew, like, you know, you guys would like her and she would like you guys. But if your significant other can't really get along with the people that you like around yourself, (laughs) there's like a disconnect somewhere. (laughs) Either you like either you like to befriend crappy people or this person probably isn't really for you if they right. can't get along with the people that you you know you want around in your life. So um, I, I like cohesiveness. I like everything to be in harmony in in my life because it causes less stress. Like it would suck if you guys were like, man, she's whack. And Bro, she it would is be, garbage. Right. It was so tough. Okay, Russ, Russ, what would you do if you really thought that? And clearly, we don't. She's she's incredibly impressive. Very impressive. And I think, by the way, that part of what Tony is getting at with his uh, very heartfelt speech about wanting her to meet us is I think he's looking for a little bit of credibility. He wants her to see that he can associate with normals like us. Normies. Yeah. Um, But what would you do if you met her, Russ, and you were like, whoa, red flags everywhere. This is is not a good idea. How would you handle that with a close friend? Well, I had it written down and Tony hit on it, like the fact that, you know, if if she didn't connect with us or we didn't connect with her, that's probably like, that's not great. And having your friend, significant other be cool is so dope because it's like you can come in, make conversation, laugh. You don't have to feel like that person's in the corner because for me, I don't like when somebody either is is too quiet. Like I mm-hmm. like to invite people into the conversation. 
mm-hmm. and she was great at that. But if she had like red flags, or I'm like, she's like st- people who are standoffish, something like that. Personally, I'm like, okay, I know how that first meeting could be, okay. so I'd give it another another go. Like, let's see this person out at another event. Maybe it's a different vibe, whatever, and see if it's the same. If it's not, then you could obviously grow from there. If it is, then it's just like, yo, what's up with Shorty, bro? Like, she wasn't really trying to make conversation. She wasn't laughing. Yeah. Does she not like us? Well, you're kind of, that's kind of like maybe personality differences or personality quirks. What if you came away from meeting a close friend's, uh, Serious girlfriend, knowing mm-hmm. that that close friend was moving along toward marriage with that person, Quick. and you you were you walked away from this or walked away from you know multiple interactions with this person, thinking, "Whoa, this is a bad idea. This is such a bad idea." How do you how would you do you approach that with your friend, or are you like, "Hey, you're 28, 29, like you make your own decisions." That's yes, tough, you do, man. It's not yes, tough. You. Yes, you do. Okay, every single time. And you do it maybe once or twice, and then you leave it alone after that. Oh, you bring and it up, you're saying. Okay. Yeah, you definitely bring it up. Because, I mean, if it was either one of my friends, you know, I don't have a whole lot of friends. I have, you know, a, a small group of people that I like to talk to in text and, you know, and do like that. But if any one of those people were talking to and I get a feeling or something happens or something untowards anything that I feel like I don't think you need to be pursuing this. I, as a friend, have to say something to them and let them know, like, hey, I'm getting this vibe, or I saw this, or something. And you maybe do it twice, but then you leave it alone after that, and then just be prepared to pick up the pieces when it ultimately goes awry. Hmm. I think that's the sign of a true friend. And then you don't do the I told you so afterwards. You just be there to... So, hey, man, or young lady, friend, woman, friend, it's going to be all right. We're going to get through this. I'm still here. I'm still your friend. We're going to get through this together. Like, what can we learn from this to be better going forward? I uh, There are parts of what you say, Tony, that I agree with, because I do think as a, a friend, if there is something that I think is detrimental to you and would hurt you, I would bring it up. Um, at the same time, it's like, yo, you're an adult who's made this decision and there's only so much you can do as the friend to Mm -hmm. be like, Hey man. Oh yeah, that's true. You know, I I don't, I'm not really feeling like this is the person for you because that's what, because that brings in a lot of different emotions from the friend. Uh, maybe it's something that you see that they don't see or have not seen yet. Uh, it could get weird, and so like that's why I'm saying it's tough because there's there's a uh, a fine line you have to walk when it comes to that. Because a lot of people, maybe it is a red flag. Maybe you're right, but sometimes being right doesn't like doesn't mean you're right. Or it's just like there's a there's kind of like they might not see it yet. It might take them a while, mm-hmm. and yeah. you as the friend have to do what you said. Like you kind of just have to be supportive. And say, hey man, you make your or you know you make your decision, and then let's just be a good friend. If worst case scenario things don't work out, I've been part of one of these conversations before, and uh, 
it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> I fortunately, I, fortunately, other people saw what I saw, and I didn't. I didn't have to. Well, not fortunately. It wasn't a good situation, but like, fortunately, I didn't have to say anything. I was fairly young at the time, uh, and uh, there was an incident at a get together, and it was like another in a string of incidents, and with my uh, my friend and his uh, significant other to be or whatever. Uh, and then like me and some other friends and him at one point had to, had to leave to go get some stuff like at the grocery store for this get together, like leave in the middle of it. Cause they ran out of something. We had to go get it. And it was in the car where one of my other friends spoke up about this situation. And the, the immediate reaction was, Hey guys, she's not a monster. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we struck a nerve. Mm. We hit a nerve here. It kind of reminded me, you know, it's like, you remember like a couple of years ago where Matt Nagy came to a press conference and said, I'm not an idiot. It's like, if that, mm-hmm. if you feel like you have to, say, have to that, say that, yeah, maybe take a look around at what got you to the point of having to say that. At minimum, that person should not be a monster. At minimum. Yeah. Yeah, that probably. should be, the, that's a low bar. Yes. Low bar. Um. But no, Stephanie's awesome. Yeah, none of that applies to Stephanie and we're not being no. funny or anything yeah. right oh, now. Yeah, She's, no. Fantastic. And if anything, someone should be saying this to her about Tony. <laughs> Us as his friends tell her. Right. <laughs> it's like, hey, should, just yeah. so you know, right. you have a parachute right now. And if yeah. you want to jump out of this plane, you can. Imagine I being at this suggest. dinner. Imagine being at this dinner, Russ, and being like, hey, can um can you excuse us for a second so we can uh we can talk to our friend and Stephanie starts to get up and we're like, no, 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 we no. Meant to- you, you stay. You, Tony, we, yeah, we need Tony, we need Tony to, like yeah, right. <laughs> Listen, this is a man who, uh, who believes his opinions are more interesting minus knowledge. Um, this is someone who gets inner peace from seeing squirrels. Like, you know, all this, right? The, the thing I think when I was thinking like, man, sitting at the table, she's obviously a thinker. And Tony, <laughs> I, Tony is uh, you covered it. That, that you got it. Yeah. Tony is Tony, but I like to think Tony thinks about two things that you know knock around his brain from time to time. I think uh, I just I think I'm just more apt to say what's in there. You, you say what you person. think about them. He, he doesn't mind giving you a thought that's a work in progress. No, he definitely whiteboards them. While saying it, yeah, oh, Here, yeah. Here's, yeah. We'll, here's we'll see what happens when we get to the end. We'll, we'll see. You know, you know like, here's a thought that only uh, it's only 17 percent of the way uploaded so far. Yeah, because we had a like super group, like really good conversation with Stephanie about yes. like dating today. Uh, that almost felt like a Russ probe because I feel like <laughs> Tony goes home he's like, "Yo, Russ is wilding." And Stephanie, <laughs> to her credit, was taking my side on a lot of these things. Whereas my guy, who oh, I, I don't know if I'd forever, I felt like sometimes she was taking my side, and other times she was agreeing with Tony. Where it's like, all right, see, you've been you've been corrupted now, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, nah, she's uh she's definitely a thinker, and with Tony's mind, I do think there's something about them being together that makes sense. Like I'm yes, her and him in general are like, 
wow, I don't get it. But as long as y'all love each other, cool. <laughs> but like <laughs> their minds somehow mesh where I'm like, okay, I can see why y'all are together. The fun, uh, part, the fun part for you, Russ, is that uh, after all the questions that Stephanie had for you, if in fact she had followed- Which for everybody, like there was like an hour where it was the Russ probe. I mean, yeah. I mean, she Whoa. already uh, <laughs> she, um, she already met Jason and his family multiple so times. The, yes, but she she just didn't know you. So yeah, it was it was the Russ get to know Russ. The thing to alert you to Russ though is that if she had any, and this is where you should be concerned, if she had any follow up questions to whatever was discussed that night, that night she asked them not to you but to Tony. I, I know. That's, so whatever whatever additional things she was still kind of wondering about. She checked in with Tony for the answers on those later, not you. And, oh, yeah. And Russ, those those answers were. Meat just everywhere, man. Like, ah, oh, man, it's ridiculous. And like, Russ, as you, you know, that's. Uh, every other week. As you know, COVID. baby. Yeah, my man, what are you doing? Tony, he already told us it's every that, three weeks. Russ, as you know, <laughs> leaving your reputation in Tony's hands is going to be pretty dangerous for you. I mean, if I let both of y'all come on this podcast and talk. Whoa. what are y'all doing here all i'm gonna say is a lovely dinner stephanie's great they both look happy like i was sitting back drinking my glass of wine tony Mm -hmm. has his arm wrapped around her and i'm like look at my guy claiming his out in the streets i'm happy for him like he was cheesing Mm -hmm. sitting Mm -hmm. back he looked happy Let's pivot to a different aspect of the evening. Tony, what did you really think of that restaurant? It's a very, um, very, uh, very, very Italian restaurant. Like the menu was written in Italian. Yeah, super Italian. Um, had a rough time reading the menu. Didn't know what anything was. Mm-hmm. Um, very confusing. And my baseline was like, all right, look for meat and cheese. <laughs> okay. Right, so that you would my, not go. That's my default. You, you would not go back, right? Uh, is this the point we're at on this show where like he just says the word meat and we just all start giggling? I'm, I'm laughing. Is, at is y'all, this like man. is I'm this not, a show for high school kids? Uh, I mean the 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 octopus was great. Okay. No, uh, the the grilled octopus was really good. Yes. But yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I, I I'm honest with my palate. I have a childlike palate. I eat applesauce and yogurt. No kidding. And fruit. And I am great for the rest of the day. So, I don't think it's going like, to stay that way because I think you're jumping up a couple levels in class here. Yeah, yeah. She's already kind of like started me yeah. on stuff like curry. Damn, it's great, but it the spice is something that I had to get used to. And I am not a spicy guy, but I definitely had to adjust my palate. So things Tony just discovered, love yes. and curry. Yes. And now he wants everyone to try them. And now everybody has to never, know about it. Yeah, <laughs> All of you as though you've never heard of those things either. Yeah. No, they got this garlic bread called naan. <laughs> Tony. Ooh, yeah. So fire. Everybody knows what that is. Everyone so knows what fire. that is. It's funny to me. There's that the actually guy who, fast food restaurants you can get that at. Like not the guy who's never been west of the Mississippi likes to tell everybody about things they've never experienced. <laughs> Yo, they, they have an experience like I experienced it. Okay, right. Tony, you know what the first time I had non was? When? Like two thousand. 
<laughs> it's it's mm. about to be 2022. Man, no has been out here. Not a recent invention, it turns out, Tone. Centuries. Let's get into everything that, that we need to catch everybody up on uh, from the weekend in football, Russ. And by the way, our football roundup, as always, is brought to you by BetUS. You can go to betus.com.pa and use promo code SPORTSADJACENT, all one word, for a 125% sign-up bonus. Start your account with 100 bucks; They'll kick you an extra $25. Um, you can bet on a lot of things in there. You can bet the NFL. You can bet weekly games and futures. You can bet the college bowl games. You can bet uh, futures in all sports, really. And I looked up in the NBA, the Bulls are 25-1 to 1 to win the NBA championship. That's the eighth best in the league tied with the Clippers. Um, number one, you think so? 25-1? to 1. Yeah, Lakers, I mean, are, Lakers are 10 to 1. That seems how? like a better bet. How? Right. Uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn is 7 to 2. The Warriors are 4 to 1. The Bucks are 8 to 1. Uh, a couple games, a few games from the, for the NFL this weekend. The Saints are minus 5 at the Jets. The Bengals are minus 1 at the 49ers. I mean, versus the 49ers. You can bet on all these games right now at BetUS. Uh, the Cowboys are minus 4 at Washington. Seahawks are minus 9 at the Texans. Russ, some bad team is going to get into that last spot in the NFC playoffs. And I keep thinking, and maybe it's just I keep falling for what Seattle has been in the past and what Russell Wilson has been prior to this season. But I keep thinking Seattle is going to be the team that makes a run. But they're 4-8. So. They are garbage. Garbage. Yeah, a garbage team is getting in is what I'm telling you. A garbage team will get that spot. If, if, if there is a the, – the, the, the least garbage team, it's probably going to be Washington football team. Okay. I would assume, like, I think that's the team that kind of, like, sneaks in. Because I don't want to live in a world where the Panthers or the Falcons <laughs> get, into the, yes. get into the playoffs, you know? Or the Bears. Or the Vikings, Bears, to be honest. Bears are right there. Let's not. Uh, can, I need every national network. No more do you put the Bears in the in the hunt column. Let's, yeah, but that, Russ, that's done. They are. Don't you remember when baseball uh, went to the expanded playoff field? And, and it wasn't just that um, one more team was going to start getting in or two more teams would get in because of the wild card. It was that it, that times four, that many more teams was going to be in it later. And so you have a thing now in the NFL where because there's seven spots in each uh, in each conference and the season is an extra game longer, there's only like five teams that are in the entire league that are not in the hunt. All the really obviously bad teams – are not in the hunt like the Lions and Jaguars, but everyone else technically is. I'm anti-expanded playoffs in every sport because I don't think you should reward mediocrity. I agree. In any yeah. sport. Like, those I don't te- want to watch those teams that get in in the seventh and eighth seed in the NBA are not good teams. No, like, and you can't always say, oh, look at the, uh, we believe Warriors back when Stephen yeah. Jackson and Monte and, 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 um, Andres Beatrice, <laughs> those are playing like Baron Davis, Baron Davis, uh, you know, Steven like Jackson. That ah, that's that's my that favorite team happen. of all time. That's my favorite so that team, but that's not I usually what happens. Team. Usually, right, you get swept the, in the first round. Is the right answer. same thing in baseball? Like you can't, you shouldn't water down the postseason. Yep. Same thing in the NFL. Like I don't want to see an awful Minnesota Vikings team get ran by the Packers in yeah. the first round of the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Like you I, saw, it, I just I, Russ last year. You have a Bears team that can't score. The defense is falling apart. You want everybody fired. You want a new quarterback. You want everything. Like they they lose their last couple of games. They've only beaten bad teams the whole year. Playoff team, right? Playoff team. 
So and, my point is, there will be a trash team that gets in. Uh, the rest of the uh, games I was going to mention. The Bearcats. The Broncos. Well, don't do that. Don't do that. The Broncos are uh, yeah. minus nine against the Lions. The Packers are minus 13 against the Bears. And a really good Monday night football game coming up. The Cardinals are minus two and a half against the Rams on Monday night football. We begin our football roundup, of course, with the Carolina Panthers. Russ, uh, one of those teams you mentioned that could possibly make the playoffs. Uh, things are going so badly there that they just fired their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, on Sunday. They meant to fire him on Saturday, I guess. It sounds like what Matt Rule was saying. He wanted to fire him the day before but couldn't reach him. He was. He said he was not unavailable to meet that day. I feel like maybe when you know you're about to get fired, you're not returning texts very well. You're not answering the phone. You're not calling people back. Uh, the Panthers averaging 19.7 points per game. I don't know if you're aware, but that's pretty low in the modern NFL. Uh, so that's still more than the Bears? Well, it is. That's the thing. That ranks 24th, and that is certainly grounds for firing. Uh, but everything in Chicago is worse. And uh, nobody fired yet in Chicago. <laughs> Antonio Brown. Remember him? <laughs> uh, he got caught essentially with a fake vaccination card. Here's the thing. Like, I, I would imagine it's not that hard to get a fake vax card because we all have them and they don't have like a hologram or anything they're not made with special paper like this looks like something you could print out on your computer it seems like something you could get a hold of i'm i'm less mad with him having a fake vax card than i am with uh have a little discretion maybe don't blab this to your personal chef (laughs) you know if you're gonna get one just you know keep it to yourself do you see Uh, him as a man of subtlety no and (laughs) That's kind of the the curious thing about the situation that is interesting to me is he had a, a history of trouble when they signed him. There were a lot of issues with Antonio Brown, and it was a very highly scrutinized signing. And Bruce Arians said at the time, quote, he screws up one time, he's gone. That was like a year ago. Uh, this seems like a pretty big, pretty devious and intentional and uh, avoidable and selfish and kind of dangerous even Screw up by Antonio Brown. I think he found out that uh, he's not running his team. Tom Brady is running his team. And he will either like it and win or don't like it and be removed. So once come to that decision, you just do your job and don't piss off Tom Brady. He's an elite wide receiver still. I mean, he's still very productive. He's a guy they need. And if you're good, there's a lot more leeway for whatever it is you're getting in trouble for. Russ, question for you about Justin Fields. Yeah. Um, do you pee a little every time you see him slide at the end of a run? Do I what? Do you pee a little? Are you because of because urine of come out? Yeah. Do you get a little scared every time Justin Fields takes off running and goes into one of these awkward slides? No, I, okay. I get concerned, but there's Good. no ah, urination. Got it. <laughs> The rest of Chicago does. He, the, how does he not slide normally? I'm very concerned about this. This could really – he takes either an awkward slide or an, or turns awkwardly and gets hit pretty much every game. He's not playing right now. Uh, by the time this comes out, maybe he'll be playing against Green Bay or something like that. I don't know. But um, John DeFilippo, his coach, his quarterback's coach, 
said this week that it's definitely on their radar as a potential issue. He said, we've talked about it for sure. We'll be watching the tape from a game and I'll be like, man, that looked weird. You know what I mean? We'll say that looked weird. And I think that is how I would describe a lot of the end of the run for Justin Fields when he scrambles out or he gets sacked. And this is a guy who's been hit, you know, eight or nine times a game in his rookie season between sacks and rushes, either hit or slide. It's, there's are a lot of awkward endings to these runs for him. You're not worried about this at all? I mean, no, I, I am. I'm just – I don't know said, if he slid normally one good. time. Well, it's hyperbole, Russ. Well, but, yes, I'm concerned. The guy has broken ribs right now, and so obviously I'm concerned. And he's not a runner by nature, so I'm not as concerned, right? Like when Cam used to run – yeah. Um, he would prefer to throw the ball from the pocket if you ask yes. him. So that's why I'm not as concerned as if this was RG3 in his prime or Cam Newton or Lamar Jackson. You know what I mean? That's why I'm not like overly concerned because I think at the end of the day, this is a guy who wants to throw the ball as opposed to run the ball. I think you're right that his his inclination is to throw, but he's still running, you know, seven to ten times a game, I think. And th- that could end up being – seven to 10 really weird, potentially dangerous slides or hits that he takes. I would assume it's more because he has to right now. But uh, very well could be. With I understand what you're saying. Uh, the Patriots beat the Bills 14-10 in the snow Monday night. I know you're very excited about this game. I was not. I'm glad that I didn't watch it. it. Sounds like exactly the kind of game I would not have wanted to watch. Mac Jones goes two for three passing. That was one of the most interesting games I've watched in a long time. I don't find those games fun. Give me like 48, 47 in a dome. That's what I like. Why did you like like it so much? I liked it because there was two really good coaches and one clearly outcoached the other. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't according to one. Well, well, he was, that's the guy who's on the losing end. But (laughs) to me, I, I just, you know the situation. You know it's going to be snowing. You know it's going. To, the winds are forty-five miles an hour. You're not going to be able to do much in the air or in the kicking game. So, the Patriots came out and said, "You know what? We're going to run power O for three hours, and you can't stop it." And they won the football game. It is what they did. They ran forty-six times uh, for two hundred and twenty-two yards, and. The Bills didn't really play a bad defensive game. If you calculate that out, that's 4.8 yards per carry, but there was a 64-yard run in there. And the Patriots finished with 241 yards total offense, 2 for 12 on third downs. R- really not a 14 points. That's not a bad game defensively by Buffalo. But Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde were asked after- afterward if it was embarrassing, and uh, this is how that went. I mean, what kind of question? What are we doing, bro? What kind of question is that? I think we. I think keep that. Keep our seven points. Yeah, fourteen. Fourteen to fourteen. Fourteen to ten. Is that the final score? We made stops when we had to. They had one big run. I mean, they got good backs. They. Yeah. All right. um, They kept coming back to a couple runs. I mean. I don't know how you want us to answer that question. That's funny. Well, I'll, we'll remember that. I'll remember that. And it, it continued on, Russ, I believe, with him. Uh, uh, he had something else to add. As he yeah, when Michael Hyde left uh, the podium. 
This, this goes in this respect. It's all about respect. I come here every single week and I answer your questions. Truthfully, honestly, I appreciate you guys. Don't do that. Don't do that. I'm almost always going to side with the media in some kind of media player argument because I work in the media. It's like kind of natural to do that, whether it's fair or not. It's a bias that I have. I think Micah Hyde's right on this one. Like mm-hmm. this is not a, a, a this is not a team, nor is this a performance where I think it makes sense to ask them about this being embarrassing. This is the kind of question the Bears have been getting for a couple of years, and it's it's like after things have stacked up and stacked up and stacked up, and twenty up, thirty point losses, yeah, and they give up forty one points in Green Bay or something like that. This isn't really that, Russ. No, I something I've realized covering sports for as long as I had have they're they're bad questions they're poorly phrased questions they're people who are not good at the job that's not I don't think that's one it's not an embarrassing loss they gave up 14 points right that and held like if it wasn't for a 60 plus yard touchdown run it's they win that game it's 3.5 yards per carry for New England if you take that run out of it. And you don't, you can't take that run out of it. That run happened. Mm-hmm. But overall, it's it, – I mean, everything on paper, everything about this was, was at minimum a, a fine or solid defensive game. This was not a disaster by any means. I think that sometimes – and I suspect what happens here. I don't know who asked the question. So I obviously don't know the person and don't know their background or their motive or whatever. But I think that th- what this sounded like to me, Russ – Sometimes there are questions that are engineered to try to get a specific answer. It's like what they're looking for is some kind of quote from these guys saying, oh, we're so embarrassed. This is so embarrassing. It's a leading question. And in this case, you're trying to lead them to an answer that just it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make any sense to be humiliated and devastated by a performance like this. And and like leading we talk, we've been getting into some journalism stuff last couple of weeks. It's like that's bad journalism like you shouldn't try to lead somebody into an answer oh yeah um bad question poorly asked question i think me personally i'm somebody who believes you can ask anything but it's always in the way you can ask somebody uh but no poorly asked question and it deserved that response and good on my god because i'm just like at the end he was like hey man i it it is all about respect and this is a guy who from what everything that's come out does talk to the media every week is really good at that. Um, long time NFL veteran. And look, yeah, I, I, I agree with him. If that's true, I, I don't know what the Buffalo bills media situation is, but if that's true that he is in there every week, that is coming at a time when it's never been easier for these guys not to talk. And I'm not saying that anybody should do that or that makes it right or whatever. Or you're a hero if you come in all the time because it's really that's your job. It's part of your job. But if he's coming in every week and being cooperative and answering questions thoughtfully at a time when it has never been easier to just skip this altogether, I think that he deserves some respect. But I also think that your questions need to be asked thoughtfully and respectfully anyway. You can ask all very, yeah. very, very difficult um, confrontational questions with still showing respect for the person. For sure. 
I think it's like I'm trying to understand what what what, what should they have been embarrassed by? Is, exactly. Is, is the person again, we don't know this person. I don't want to disparage this person, but it seems like the question felt like they never watched football until this year. That's what it felt like. Because if you use the context of everything that went on in that game, the weather, how the Patriots chose to play, like if somebody for an entire NFL game just chose to run every play, they're going to rack up yards if they just chose to do this one thing every play. yeah, like, It's just kind of nature of the game where it's like a bunch of grown men playing against a bunch of grown men. And they only gave up 14 points. Like, is it – should they be embarrassed that they gave up – what, how many passing yards did he have? Like 12? 19. <laughs> 19? Is that – is should that be embarrassing? Like – I don't understand what they should be embarrassed by as a, as a defense uh, in that game, which like it was, that's what it felt like hearing that question come out. Like when I I watched it too, I was like, what is he saying? Like, what is he trying to get them to say? And if, you know, if I'm, you know, their editor, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing there? Like, I want you to go viral, but not like that. <laughs> no, I, I Tony think would be Tony would be plenty happy going viral just like that. But this job ain't about going viral. You know Tony what I'm saying? Sees, like, I, I agree, when, but Tony. But like when you're when you're in that room, it's not about that. It's about no. asking the right question, asking good questions, and that person did not do that. It, we all. Well, I'll speak for myself. I've asked bad questions before. I've been doing this for like it 20, happens. 20 years. I'm sure not all my questions have been good. But asking questions is an essential part of the job. It can't just be like, well, I'm a good writer, but I'm not good at asking questions. I mean, if you're not good at asking questions, you need to learn how to be good at asking questions. And you need to ask questions that are smart, that can be defended, that are still respectful, and that leave enough room for the person to give you a real answer instead of you steering them toward an answer. I've, I've seen, you know, just as bad as I've seen people basically end a question, giving them, making it multiple choice. It's like, just, just be upfront with what you want to know and be respectful, but leave it open for the, for Jordan Poyer or Micah Hyde or whoever to say how they really feel about it. And honestly, Russ, the answer that they ended up getting was more interesting than the answer that they were going for those guys just spitting out. Okay. Yes. It was so embarrassing or, or whatever. Like, I don't know. Does that give you much them no. explaining the game and saying, Hey, look, we played really well other than this one play. We only gave up this many points. I mean, I, I actually found that to be a layered, interesting answer. And it, you got a glimpse into how they really felt about that game instead of just kind of parroting back the question in their answer. Yeah, dude, dude had a narrative. He already had his piece written on what he wanted to say. That's what it felt like. I'm going to keep it a buck with with y'all. It's a lot more of those types of questions out there than people know. So it's it's annoying. And I've seen it my whole career where it's like, you've clearly already written your story and you need the quote that I've seen people, Russ, when they ask a question like that, and, I, and not not in a way where it kind of blows up on them like it did with this, where where they ask a question like that, they won't get the answer they want, and they will like keep pounding, trying to get the answer that they need to fit in between the fourth and fifth paragraph of whatever they've already written, instead of 
being flexible and being open and doing good journalism and being willing to let the story kind of happen organically. There's some videos sweeping the nation and the internet right now. Uh, are you guys familiar with Detroit Urban Survival Training? Yes. You were explaining this to me. I don't know if it was on the show or separate from that in a in a, uh, a different conversation, but you were explaining to me what it was sometime in the last couple of weeks where it's a guy teaching you how to get out of uh, dangerous situations you might encounter on the streets of Detroit, I believe. <laughs> yes. And, these and I'm using the word teaching loosely because the video I saw looked like uh, a lot of bad ideas. They're they're all like they, this is this guy who has this company who tries to teach self-defense. And there are all these dangerous situations that yeah. he's trying to get you out of where there's a gunman guns pointing at your head. And this is how you take the gun from the gunman. OK, but is this, like, is this like a skit? Or something? Is this like kitten mittens no, on Always Sunny? Actual, or is this actual business with a website and like? Okay. I so, but he's a, so he's not kidding. He's not doing this no, to be entertaining. He doesn't think he doesn't mean it for, to be entertaining. This is like so legit he, for him. So he thinks that these things are going viral because they're good. Yes. Probably. Okay. All right. Um, Go on. And, and so then, like, the the reason these are terrible ideas is one, somebody's going to do this and get their head popped off. Dude. I'm looking at his. I'm looking at his website right now. Go ahead. You know, what I'm, dude. Like, the, you're laughing at the website. You're not even well, watching the video. This is okay. The website. That just. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. I just started no, laughing when when I pulled it up because you were talking about it. And the photo on the website um, is it's an an attacker, a male attacker with a gun, and a woman who has just kind of grabbed him by the face as though problem solved. That that's what these videos are. And the guy's like, still the, holding the gun, and it's like right by her head. This doesn't seem like yes, yeah, so hold the gun about to knock that lady's head off. Yeah, <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying. And like the worst part about these videos is he shows you these quote unquote moves and saying this is how you take the gun from the gunman, and it's basically these people giving him the gun. Like there's no fight. There's no like if I were to try this on him. And not give him the gun, I could be like, boom, boom, dude, I would have killed you by now. And the video would be ruined. So it's basically him saying, all right, before the video, hey, all right, I'm going to do this move and you're just giving me the gun. It's it's almost like he's saying that and then making these videos. It's They're hilarious. Do not try any of that shit at home. <laughs> <laughs> Please. I, I give, like, with the internet nowadays... I give people a lot more credit than I'm not saying that this dude is serious. What I'm saying is this all could be a joke to go viral, you know, and we can, he can be the smartest person in the room on this. So I never know with stuff like this. Like I, I never, it's I hard to take people seriously in anything that they do on the internet until like some years and years later where you're like, Oh, I remember that guy. Well, he got, he ended up, unfortunately dying because he tried to pull it all. Oh, he was serious about this. Like you never know. Until see, that's what I don't want. I don't want this to the end poorly. If, if this is just a, or, you know, somebody tries to do it in real life, you know, something happens to them and the news says they were trying to do a move that they that saw they from that they learned from Detroit. <laughs> right. And he's, he's got to come out and say, Oh no, no, this was all jokes. Like I'm, 
So I never know if I'm like the butt of the joke, like by falling for it. Russ, that's the you thing. Know? He's so like, it's, it's I, really confusing I, for me. But that dude has a like whether it's a joke or not. Like you, you're responsible now if somebody tries that and gets their head knocked off. Yes. Uh, I was what looking if, up. I was looking it up by the way. In the first, uh, the first, you, your first class is free, so you get a taste if you I want. Bet. First and I know grand grand closing. thirty minute class for free. I know you frequent Detroit occasionally. Uh, yes. Next time you're there, it's so you know. cold in the deep. <laughs> Uh, you can get you can get private training on site, uh, one hour session for a hundred dollars. I, I agree with Tony though. Like there are a lot of things like this on the internet where it's like, oh, this is blatantly dumb to me, or blatantly wrong, and the person's super serious about it. They seem like they mean it, and I sit here and I'm like, but that would be exactly how you would pull off a hoax. I don't ever know what's serious anymore. I just don't trust. Listen, man, the world's a wild place. And every day I'm just like, yo, this can't be real life that we're living in. But then then again, I, there's things that I think are cannot be real that are real. Is there a particular move or philosophy in Detroit Urban Survival Training or DUST as the acronym is? Uh <laughs> No, no, no. That's not a, that. That is what they call it. I know. Dust. I know. I know. That's what they call it. You, if you want to sign you up for a free dust class, Russ, I'll be glad to do it. Um, is there a particular specific move or or philosophy in this that has troubled you? Yeah. So the first video I ever saw from Detroit Urban Survival Training was it, it was running in a zigzag? Was it just no like, worse like cartoons? So, I, I've actually seen that work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was. He was in a car. And he said, if there's ever a gunman coming up to your car while you're yeah. in it trying to carjack you, yeah. what you do is, with the gun pointed at your head, you sure. pin the gun against the column between the headrest and the, the door, and you drive away. As oh, if that's... the gunman can't just move the gun and shoot you. Well, now that would work if you're Jason Bourne, probably. Yeah, all right. You're going to be Jason Leisure at Heaven's Gate. <laughs> That's what you're gonna be. <laughs> but you know what, uh, Russ? You could have pulled you could have pulled up on him. You were in Detroit for 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 a time uh, during Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You, you could have pulled up on your man's and you probably would have got the <laughs> you know, business. Saying I should I should have smoke for uh, Detroit Urban Survival Training dude. Yep, you should have you should have you should have without warning try and jump him and watch you who gave you the hands. I want, but see, here's the thing. I to to prove him wrong, I would need to like actually harm him, and I don't want to do right. that. So like, I I want to do a dramatization with like a paintball gun. Okay. Where I can be like, hey, try that that bull that you try in the videos, and I can shoot him with the paintball gun and be like, bro, I shot you twice. Here's the this is where the bullets right. would have gone in. Here, here's the and, green dot and the blue dot. Yeah. Right. This is this is proof that this doesn't work. I think that for the right amount of money, he'd let you do that. It seems like they're very open to taking money. One of the things I, I found on this page, this is my first time exploring dust uh, in, in detail, and I appreciate you bringing this to my attention. Um, you can book them for classes and pay them, you know, like a normal business would, but then there's a link, a, a section on their website for donations. Um, donations. Yeah. I don't donations. understand that. Cause like, donations. I don't make, well, I don't make donations to my local Burger King. Um, but it says, if you are interested in providing financial support to Detroit Threat Management Center, 
and Detroit Urban Survival Training for our various community programs, please feel free to do so. We appreciate any and all donations. Hold this on, one more. Hold on, one more sentence here. Uh, please note, we are not a nonprofit organization. <laughs> They're like, yo, we getting this money, so don't play. Yeah, with us. <laughs> but anyway, that that speaks to my point. Where I think if you want to like attack them with a paintball gun for content on the show, we could probably arrange that for the right price. That that's assault. Are you gonna bail me out? No, 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 not if everyone agrees to it. It's gonna be all right. <laughs> my, this is the funniest part about this because I was like paintball. you guys initially. I was like yeah. you guys initially. Where I'm like, this has to be a bit. Yeah. But I Google put their name, Detroit Urban Survival Training in Google. There is a location. They do have a website. They have tons of Google reviews. And so you go to like the Google reviews and it's like people like, oh, I took this class and I feel much safer. And I'm like, oh, that's funny. Um, but there's also don't take this class. There's still money. <laughs> and, get you killed. and they come the 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 person who runs their Yelp account comes underneath and says, you have never taken our class. Stop putting derogatory things about us online. So, hey, man, like, look. You know how he can tell that they've never taken the class is that they're still alive to post comments on Yelp. There you go. Would you like to hear the 10 courses that they offer? Please. Let me say this. Let me try to do this in a voice that will make sense for this. <clears throat> Tactical psychology. <laughs> Tactical law. Tactical trauma aid. Tactical driving. Tactical. That's the one that, that was the one. Tactical driving is when you pin the gun against the column and try to drive away and keep somebody from knocking your head off. But continue. Well, you know, don't knock it till you've tried it. No, don't try it. Please don't try it. Please don't. Uh, let's see. Where was I? The fifth one. Tactical baton. I'm not sure when that would come up, but uh, tactical knife. Tactical firearms. Tactical takedowns. Tactical immobilizations. That one's a little clunky. Uh, and then the last one is a little longer. Law enforcement compliance and positive non-adversarial interactions. I'm not totally sure what that means. We might need to check the video on that one. My man says the Tiger King of self-defense. <laughs> Honestly, like, some of these videos are incredible. <laughs> Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. Uh, well, this is our segment where we check in on the Chicago Bears. Uh, and it's called Everything's Fine because it usually is. Russ, everything usually is fine. Uh, two interesting events are colliding this weekend, you have a birthday, correct? Yes, I turned 27 on Saturday. Okay. It's a real birthday. It is. We also have uh, Bears-Packers on Sunday. And uh, did you know that the Bears and Packers played on the day you were born? December 11, 1994. It was a they, Sunday. They played on that day. And the uh, final score was Packers 40, Bears 3. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not that much has changed in your lifetime. Nothing um, has changed. Since the time, since the day, since the hour that you were born in 1994, the Bears are 13 and 41 against Green Bay. That is the equivalent of going four and 12 over the course of a season, in case you're wondering if that's good. Uh, from 1994, from Russ's birthday till now, Green Bay has the second best record in the NFL. 
And uh, the Bears are 208 and 236. Man. Green Bay is number one in the league in touchdowns over Russ's lifetime. And uh, the Bears are number two in the league in punts during Russ's lifetime. Yo, Green Bay been smacking the Bears your whole life. Yo, it's like the Bears are saying, happy happy birthday, Russ. Go F yourself. You know, it's it a- and, and it's like Chicago people expect you to be a fan. Like, as a young person, I'm like, mm-hmm. you don't realize how bad the Bears have been for my entire life. Like, and they just expect you to automatically root for the Bears. Like, I can think of, like, the 10 good moments of my fandom, but that's over 27 years of life. Like, that's <laughs> awful. Devin Hester <laughs> and the Cutler trade for the first couple weeks. Yeah, Cutler trade was like a, a significant. That was one yes. of the biggest stories yeah. in this town in my not lifetime. The, not the Cutler experience, just the trade no, itself. No, just yeah, the trade. Just the trade. That's correct. Like, people yeah. were just like, "Oh my god, we've never had one of those." And then you had it, and you were like, oh, "Right, this Rex guy wasn't that bad." Um, correct. And then like the Bears defense from 06, we talk. We've talked about them, every, and shout out to those guys. But like we talk about them every year because the team that is usually on the field does not stack up in any way. Like, think if, if you're a fan in New England, you get to watch the Red Sox, the Patriots, the Bruins, year-round, the Celtics, Celtics. all those teams yeah. win consistently. Like, those kids, I yo, shout-out to you. Like, you're a kid that was born in the 90s. Yuck. You better hope you remember that last Jordan year. <laughs> right. <laughs> While you were in a crib. People were cheering around you. Yeah, now that those Blackhawks championships have been sullied. <sighs> Yikes. There is that, yes. Uh, I think, though, you know, Tony, hit the button on the other one because I, I need to boost Russ's spirit. I got <laughs> Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call... This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. Sorry to uh, to prompt you on that one, Tony. I was just afraid you were going to forget. I'm still kind of stumped by tactical baton training and what that would entail. How not to get beat by the police by a baton? But I thought this guy like kind of is the police. I, I I thought he's teaching you how to yeah, insider yeah. information, survive he's, interactions from well, whatever. He's okay. closer to mall cop than police, but continue. <laughs> I feel like he started right. at the academy, and then was like, "Oh, I know enough," and then just started to start his own thing. <laughs> Not I know enough. I I know more than these guys. <laughs> I'm gonna start my own academy, and I he and wears I did. the funniest and part. Gonna, he wears this. I'm gonna call Bluetooth. it dust. He wears this Bluetooth earpiece in his ear. Sure. But it's actually like not in his ear. It's like in front of his ear. So it's not nothing actually in there. I wonder who he's talking to. Um, Russ, this is another everything's fine. And um, you're going to be upset at first because it's going to seem like it's starting badly. But don't worry. It's going to end on a positive note for you. Um, The bad part is the Bears are not planning to play the left tackle that they drafted in the second round. Tevin Jenkins. They are... uh, thinking that he'll be their left tackle of the future, but they are sticking with 39-year-old Jason Peters. And if you think I'm saying 39 like to be funny, that no, that's his actual age. Um, Jason Peters like has proven to be a true badass, and I really, really like him. I liked him from the day he walked in there. Still really like him personality-wise. Like He's pretty cool and has also played pretty well. Yes. Um, 
But I don't think at 39 he's going to be part of their future, Russ. I feel like it's going to be Tevin Jenkins or, um, you know, mistake-chasing draft pick TBD, something like that. Uh, but the reason that they're not playing Tevin Jenkins is because they're chasing the playoffs. They're 4-8. and eight. Now they are, just to give you a little update on the standings, if you haven't looked at them lately, Russ, uh, they are two games behind San Francisco for the seventh spot. They're also, if you want to play that game, two and a half games ahead of the Lions. So kind of split the difference there. Now I promised you that I, I promised you I would lift you out of this malaise. I, I promised you it'd be a good a good part to this. And I have an update for you on Tevin Jenkins. Everybody's been uh, obsessed with Tevin Jenkins since the time they drafted him, and then there was this mysterious back injury and surgery and Nagy every day saying he's almost back, he's almost back, arrow up, arrow up, and then oh, he's having back surgery. Uh, took a hard turn there, but Bears offensive line coach Juan Castillo would like you to know the following: Tevin. You can tell what kind of individual he is. The rookies put up the Christmas tree in the meeting room. You should see what that tree looks like. It's a beautiful tree. It's decorated right. Well, you say it doesn't matter. Everything matters, man. That tells you what kind of individual he is, where everything is on point. Everything is detailed. Everybody's fired. Hey guys, it's Russ giving you my BetUS Week 14 picks. We did really good last week with our picks, so let's try to make some money again this week. First, starting out with the Raiders and the Chiefs, two teams that obviously like to throw the ball a lot. And so I think there are going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Points total set at 48. I'm taking the over. Chiefs probably going to come out on top of the Raiders. They have a decent offense. I would expect them to be throwing the ball late in that game, trying to keep up with the high-powered Chiefs. Second game, Lions against the Broncos. Now, of course, this would not be a game I would be watching if I didn't have an incentive for you. Points total for the Lions, Broncos set at 42. This is two, these are two offenses that are not high-powered, do not usually score a lot of points. The Broncos are coming off a game in Kansas City last week where they could not keep up. The Lions are the Lions. Points total set at 42, take the under. Actually, I'm pounding the under on that because that's a game where I do not think a lot of points are going to be scored. Last but not least, probably the game of the week, Rams against the Cardinals. This is a really good game, a week 14 game that could have playoff implications. The Rams are at plus 115 this week uh, on the money line. I think that's pretty good value for a solid Rams team coming off of a win against Jacksonville after they were on a bit of a slide. So taking the Rams at plus 115. As always, go on to betus.com. Use our promo code SPORTSJASON to get a 125% sign-up bonus after your first $50 deposit. And good luck with your bets. You know who doesn't miss Ben Simmons? I forgot about Ben Simmons. Yeah, so do the Sixers. Does he start playing? And Sixers fans and the NBA. No, he hasn't. Huh? And, you know, nobody asks about him. People <laughs> don't miss him. The <laughs> Sixers are currently, as we record, 13. They're tied for sixth 
Or we're currently in the sixth spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they could be higher. Joel Embiid battled COVID for a little while, so if, if Joel's back in that lineup once he was like, they could be much higher than they were. Uh, they don't seem to be having many issues, and some would argue that they're a better overall. You know, they run better. They run more efficiently without Ben. Ben is a all type player. They best record in the NBA with Ben. But at the same time, it's just like this is not a situation where it's like, oh man, if they had Ben Simmons, look out. Like No, no, and there's no other team thinking that either, by the way, because nobody has put forth any kind of you know enticing trade offer for him. They've botched this. I, I'm gonna look at this more as a Sixers problem than a Ben Simmons problem because you should have been able to get something for Ben Simmons. And now I, I don't see them getting anything meaningful whatsoever in exchange for him. Yeah. You're trying to, you're, you're trying to uh, play tough guy at this point where it's like, nah, we're not just going to give in to him because he want to be traded. When, and honestly, it's like, you're wasting an asset. Ben is wasting his precious time playing I don't know. Nobody wins, right? I don't. I can't say that the Sixers are. I'm not saying that the Sixers are a better team. They might. Yeah. There might be less drama now, but at the same time, like yes, you're clearly better with Ben Simmons than without him. Um, but nobody seems to be really missing him like that. Uh, I don't even know if he plays this year. To be honest with you. Well, they're what about 25 games in, and he hasn't. Go ahead, Tone. Uh, no, I mean, uh, we hear about it in terms of more if they were lacking in that position, but Tyrese Maxey has been playing really well. Really good player. Um, really good player. As a young second-year player, uh, he's really kind of stepped up uh, in his role. And the Sixers are still good. Like, they'd be better, obviously, like uh, Russ said, with Ben Simmons. But they're going to be fine. And this back and forth, like I think, is going to be a is a it's a nice case study on what not to do um, if you want to be out as a player. Um, yeah. You just got to suck it up for a couple months, uh, and hopefully the team can you know work his back channels to say, hey, Ben Simmons is available if you want him, and you continue to go about your job uh, and do what you do. Uh, but yeah, nobody. The league will survive without Ben Simmons. He's right. not LeBron James. You know, no. he's not Steph Curry. He's not Kevin Durant. Um, well, he thought he was. He's trying yeah, to he James Harden move, but he's not yeah. James Harden. Yeah, he thought he was until, you know, this reality check. And now I think he's in too deep. Um, <laughs> unless it gets <laughs> yes. Unless it gets yeah. dire where his agent, um, what, he's represented by Clutch? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, Rich yeah, Paul. I believe it's Rich Paul. He's yeah. a Rich Paul yeah. guy. Yeah, Rich Paul, clutch sports. So unless he's like, hey, man, nobody's out here giving you any deals or you just got to go to work and, and show people you can still play, that you can still contribute to a winning culture. Because right now your skill level and your resume says you need to be on a contending team, uh, but no contending team wants to have that type of attitude. Around no, the roster, the team that values him the most right now is is us, right? 
Ben Simmons accounts for about 15% of all sports adjacent content since we started, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Russ, what do you think happened to this guy? Because two years ago, we thought this guy, I, wouldn't you have thought this guy was really good? I thought he was really good. And now I, I've oh, always oh, thought oh, that there was never, he plateaued, mm-hmm. right? There was supposed to be a continued trajectory of what he would become. Uh, we obviously knew coming into his career that the shooting was a problem, but there never seemed to be a desire to improve that. And you kept trying to give him benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt. Teammates kept trying to give him benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt, but that wears out at some point and it started to cost them in games. Then Doc comes in, he talks about how, yo, Ben shooting is something that we need to work on and continue to strive towards. And it just kept, it never improved. So if you don't improve in game, you obviously don't want to question a guy off the court um, worth at work ethic wise, but it once it starts to affect you in games and your your only response is, hey, I'm gonna continue to try to improve and nobody sees improvement, it's really kind of hard to defend at a point. And it everybody in Philly, like I'm organizationally, it just seems like that they were tired of defending it. Um and so for me, it's like you like Tony talked about. Tyrese Maxey is is having a amazing year in seven to game series career high, 16 points a game. Tobias Harris is doing what Tobias Harris does. And you have an B that is a top 10 player when healthy. Like they they're really not in a position where it's like Ben Simmons is our final piece. Like they're okay. How long do you guys so, think this goes? Well, we're at Christmas now. He's almost. got three years left, doesn't he? He's got three years left on that mega deal. He can't stay at home for like he's gonna play NBA basketball at some point, right? It's to you're gonna be at a point where I can't just bring you back in the fold like that, then, right? I mean, but we're, we're, you know, it's funny. We're also we're not talking about this other player, and it's, they're essentially doing the same thing. It just seems less hostile with John Wall. Like, See, the thing with Wall can play. It's like he like wants he's to healthy play, enough though. to play. But they just told him, yeah, well, we don't need you. Go home until we trade you. Like, he's not he's causing like, a problem John, in that situation. But, but, it, but it's still kind of the results are the same. There's two all stars in the NBA that are healthy enough to play NBA basketball in closer to their prime than they are at the end of their careers. They should both they be good players, playing, right? And they aren't playing basketball. Like this is this is really weird, really weird. What's going on in the NBA right now? That you know that this can happen. The thing I wanted to point out with with Simmons because I, I think you you have to talk about it is the the mental health um, element of it, right? Mm-hmm. That came out mm-hmm. that that was something that he was dealing with. And then he didn't want to meet with the Sixers doctors that they had. Um, and it, for a while, it seemed like he was unwilling to even want to have anything to do with the Sixers. Yeah. Um, so that's obviously in the air. I know a lot of times you you never want to say, oh, this isn't real, especially when it comes to mental health, for, because for so long, people didn't take athletes' mental health seriously. But at the same time, it's just like, okay, you 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 wonder, like, was this a guy who was, what is my way out of here? 
what is my way out of not being involved with this team at all? And you ask, is, is, was that it? Like, was that his out? Uh, and if that's true, I'm not saying that it is, but if, if that was true for him, like that's terrible. Um, yeah. If it's not true and that that's something he's dealing with, you hope that he can find the help that he needs. Um, but I just don't, I don't see this being resolved in Philly. Like, I don't think his career continues in Philly. They're going to have to take pennies on the dollar. I don't see how it can continue, but I don't see how he leaves because the money that he would have to give up for a buyout or something like that, I just can't believe he'd be interested in doing that. Um, The mental health thing is interesting, and uh, it's kind of brought up this slippery slope, right? Because – you know, the the fan and the average media person didn't take that seriously. Um, But now it can be kind of used to the athlete's advantage um, in certain points. Like the idea of the modern pro athlete is their ability to overcome, right? Is what we laud, is what we praise, what we write about, is what we, you know, idealize is what we promote and make documentaries out of, you know, the flu game, the, uh, you know, Brett Favre's father dying and then coming back and throwing, you know, having an amazing, like the ability to overcome uh, is, is what we give to pro athletes. Him not doing his job. I don't think fouls like under that, like you worry, like what, what is his worry that he's going to miss? Like he's not even he's not even doing the essential of what his job entails, um, and I think that's the the slippery slope that he's kind of using. I think in this aspect is because it's we don't have real nuance yet on how to discuss the mental aspect of the pro athlete that mm-hmm. we just choose not to discuss it at all or not. Um, add a, a nuanced pushback to what's being presented from the athlete and by the athlete alone. Um, in Ben Simmons's case, him not talking to the team doctors, like talk to him. If you're, if you're having issues, go get the help that you need. You saying I have a, this is a mental health issue with me and then not do anything about it. That's like, what, what do you want me to well, say? That's, that? that's complicated though, because it wasn't that he wasn't doing anything about it. If I remember correctly, he was, seeing his own doctors of his own choosing and didn't want to meet with. And I can, if we're going to take him seriously and treat this as though it's legitimate, I can understand him not necessarily wanting to talk to the team doctors in this situation. It's really murky. It's hard. And you don't ever, like you said, Russ, you don't want to ever be in a position where you're trying to judge is somebody faking it about a mental health issue. You want to be able to believe people and be compassionate toward people that are dealing with that, this seemed to have some convenient timing. Convenient, yes, for him. perfect words. It was convenient. And it was very he, convenient. There are other things about his past year that have been suspect. So there are a lot of factors that make it hard to believe Ben Simmons about practically anything when he's highly motivated not to be around the 76ers. And like it's you'd never want to because you don't want to be that person that says 
Ben Simmons is faking mental health issues. Nobody wants to say that, right? It's one of those right. things. You gotta leave the door you open. Can't, you you can't question it though, right? I mean, can't I mean, you? Why not? You really can't. You really can't. Like, why not? Why? Because I'm, I'm, for a lot of reasons, you can't. No, what I'm what I'm saying is, you want to believe people, but we also understand people. We know people. We know anything that a person can do to have an advantage in the situation, a person is capable of doing that. I'm going to leave that door open every time. I'm not going to completely shut that door because I know how people are. I don't want to do that, but I'm giving them the option to be the best of themselves, but also be the worst of themselves because that's how people are. And that's one of the reasons, like, well, obviously us talking about it is us mm-hmm. discussing that realm of possibility yeah. that this might be something that he thought of where it's just like, what's my out here? I have everything's closing. All my doors are closing. It's right. like I can play this card. But once I play it, it's no coming back. And once somebody plays that card and I'm, I, I'm using it for this situation, this situation only, I'm not calling mental health a card that you play. Um, then it that that helps that. From a perception standpoint, from the outside world, it's like, okay, if this is something that somebody's dealing with, yeah. now the questions become different. Right now, it's not, why isn't Ben playing? It's not, why is Ben not shooting? It's not, should the Sixers get rid of Ben? Is he becoming a cancer in the locker? Like, it, those questions have to shift to now, can Ben get the help that he needs? Uh, maybe he does need the time off. Like, so what you're saying about how people are and understanding people within this whole realm of mental health is important. I just think that because people are so different and this is still super new, obviously people have been going through mental health things since the beginning of time, but right. in the realm of sports and us, I'm not a therapist or a psychiatrist. People who cover this aren't. And so to just assume that we understand what somebody's going through is ignorant in a lot of ways. Yeah. And you to to try to say that you understand when we really don't and we're just guessing, I, I don't I, mental health is not an area where I want to guess if that no. makes sense. And I feel like this is the first time I've ever kind of had that feeling of trying to evaluate or being somewhat suspicious of whether somebody's an athlete is telling the truth about something like this, because this has been more center stage the last few years, like you said, Russ, but you look at somebody like Simone Biles, Simone Biles has zero to gain by stepping away from the Olympics. There is no incentive to do that. There is no advantage in that to her, everything to lose by taking that stance. So that makes it very easy for me to, to believe. Yeah. In this case, there is something to be gained by having a reason for not wanting to be there. And and you see a guy that has been trying to come up with a reason for a while not to be there. And the way we're talking about this is very careful and very awkward. And it's honestly, for me, it's not about being afraid of saying the wrong thing on this. It's that we really don't know. In the end, like you can have your opinion looking at the circumstances and the timing and, and the advantages or disadvantage or whatever, you can look at all this and say, boy, logically, I think this is true. But there's still part of it that is like, 
I hope the guy's okay. I really do. Just curious. Russ, would you like to hear the actual news we didn't get to? If it's better than what we just talked about, yes. I forgot to ask, by the way, when you were in Carlsbad, did you happen to see an armored truck spilling cash all over the five? If I did, I'm I'm pulling that rental car over. Well, many people did. Many people did do that when a vehicle transporting money had a door pop open. This is just uh, this is probably about the time you were there. So the last couple of weeks uh, had a door pop open on the freeway and bills just fluttered out of the back of it like confetti at 930 in the morning on a Friday, I believe. Um, they never said the total amount of money there, but it was tens and twenties all over the five people pulling over, getting out, getting it. Um, the police said, though. Yes, Tony. Sorry, I just had a reflex when you say "get okay. it." All right, should we go over like what producing is again? <laughs> it's not like interrupting and derailing and playing defense against the show. Uh, anyway, people did get out. People stopped in their cars, got out, started picking up this money, Russ. Uh, naturally, uh, but the police said you need to turn it all back in. This is not your money, and just because it spilled all over the five and you picked it up and whatever, like you need to return it to the police so they can turn it over to the uh, Brinks truck or whoever it was. Didn't say what brand, what company this was. But uh, this is one of the downfalls of the people that did all this is they said that they'd be able to find you by scouring social media for videos. They'd be able to find your face and your license plate. And they posted all these still shots that showed that they could. So uh, you had 48 hours to turn it in. And they said already 12 people had turned it in by that afternoon. See, uh, that, that's the problem, because when this happened, I, I saw all the different videos about people, people mm-hmm. filming themselves, picking up money. And I'm like, you guys are the real idiots, because one, you're wasting time and could be out of there. Two, you're going to get the other people caught because it's like, oh, right. look at this person over here picking up cash. Yes. Three, why should I have to give the money back when it's not my fault the Brinks doors popped open? Two, I didn't commit a crime. Well, it's not your money. I just happened to find it. What's the crime in find? If I found a 20 outside my apartment, I didn't commit a crime. I would say you could find all these 20s. And if you could somehow resist the urge to film yourself doing it, you might be able to enjoy them. But uh, that's not what happened. And uh, two people, this is my favorite part of how they recovered some of the money, Russ. Two people were caught and arrested on site. Because in their mad scramble to pick up this money, they locked themselves out of their car. <laughs> they deserve they deserve that. They deserve that. <laughs> Russ, are you familiar with Giannis and Tentacumpo? My guy. Everybody oh. loves him. I defy He's you to find one person that doesn't love him. Uh, MVP, father, huge success story. But James Harden. Ah, yes, we found one. James. Okay, there's one. Interestingly, uh, never knew that you're supposed to dunk Oreos in milk until recently. He discovered that because he was shooting a commercial with a child, and the child enlightened him to this. I have to ask, 
Oreos and milk on the Thanksgiving menu? Wait, we, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, so, so it's definitely, um, how you guys say, be, uh, bed night, bedtime snack, bedtime snack. Sorry. So, um, so I had this, I had this like a uh, commercial, this video shoot I did yesterday, and it was, um, there was um, three kids there, and uh, we were, you know, doing a shoot about some cookies, you know, and we had some Oreos over there, and uh, the, this kid asked me. He was like, have you ever ate Oreos before? I was like, yeah. You know, like when I came to the league, that was the first thing I ate because like I was always, when I was back when I was younger, I was always craving them and, you know, I could never afford them, you know. So I was like, okay, when I get a little bit of money, you know, people go spend money in cars and chains. I went and bought Oreos, right? So I ate them for like a month straight. No dinner, no lunch, no nothing. So I got sick of them, right? But I, I've I've had them. So he was like, "Have you ever dipped them? Oh, uh, dunked them in uh, milk?" I was like, no. It's like you should try that. So I was like, okay, cool. We should, we did the commercial. I took the milk. I took the Oreos, and I threw it in the milk. He was like, no, just dunk it. Like put it in. Like don't worry about it. Give me a spoon. I grabbed a spoon. I took the first one. I was like, what the hell? No freaking way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you like them I was like bro this is amazing you know so so you know obviously I didn't have one I had like 12 of them and, and then I uh, I went back I went back home and I was like Mariah why why did you not tell me that you can throw the Oreos in the milk and eat them and she's like I don't, you know she told me that she doesn't like her Oreos like that she likes them plain with no milk and all that and then uh, I realized from now on, that's a every night snack for me. The best part of that is the, what the hell? <laughs> he was so calm, guard. Like, he, 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 he felt like Tony when he found love for the first time. Like, why y'all were hiding this from me for all these years? Oreos. Like, I love Giannis. I was wondering, I was going to ask you what was your favorite part of that. And I had jotted down, uh, among other things, that um, he seemed betrayed by his yes. wife for the dad told him. He about was just this. like, yo, wife, what um, are you doing here? <laughs> I, I don't know if this is what he meant, but he sounded like at one point he's been eating these like cereal. Um, and then my, and then I think the clincher is what you said that he, he just has this reaction when he tastes, he's like, what the hell? Like he's, like it's, it's like a squirrel has walked up and started talking to him, and he's like, "They can do that." Yeah, the, it, the pure like ama- astonishment and joy in his face when he said that was delightful. Uh, Russ, we have horse racing news, and it's not good news, unfortunately. Would you like to um, let the people down easy here about what happened to Med- Medina Spirit? Medina Spirit, who won the Kentucky Derby. Uh, this year died this week at, at uh, the California <clears throat> Santa Anita racetrack in Southern California. And I, I, it's crazy. Like this, this horse was competing recently and during the warm up, just died. Tony, you have a hot take on that? Uh, a couple. Um, Wait, could, can I get something before Tony gives his take? Please do. do. We, do How about instead of? Do we say 
Like, do you do you say rest in peace to to animals or no? Uh, I've never thought of it. I don't know. <laughs> like, is it disrespectful if we don't say rest in peace to Medina Spirit? Um, I don't know. We should have. Who will be disrespected? Get on this. Who will be disrespected? The people at the glue factory. Oh, okay. <laughs> glue and soap, baby. Let's go. All right. Glue and soap. Let's go. <laughs> That's where you stumbled into in your your in your uh, search for how to be respectful about this. Yeah. Well, I just didn't know. Was like, that went well. <laughs> Sorry. Continue. Sorry. Oh, that was a half-hearted. Sorry, Lewis Hamilton, the Formula One driver, uh, and also very successful real estate mogul. I would say uh, f- he sold his place in Tribeca, Russ, Lower Manhattan. Uh, see if you can guess what the price would have been for something like this in Lower Manhattan. It's got it's a three-story penthouse, six bedrooms, six baths, private elevator, twenty-foot ceiling, uh, twelve thousand square feet. Two parking spots, which that's pretty valuable in New York. Uh, 70-foot pool, Turkish bath, and a courtyard. What are you guessing that goes for? Uh, $15 million. Can I guess? Yes. $105 million. Okay. So you guys both way off. 15 was way off? Okay. Oh, yes. 49.5 mil for that, Russ. Okay. Uh, he bought it four years ago for, I believe it was forty-four million. So he turned a nice little profit on this. It, it was originally listed. He listed it at fifty-seven million. It's a nice place. You should look at the pictures. Pretty good. The rent's probably pretty high on that, though. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, thirty-six years old, has a net worth of about three hundred million, from what I could tell online. Ooh, get these kids in Formula One racing. Yeah, yeah. There you go, Tone. Tone Jr. could uh, could start doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Better.com is a website that I hadn't heard of this week until they went viral because their CEO, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, but Vishal Garg had a video go viral of him laying off 900 employees over Zoom. That's 10% of his uh, company. And I don't know if you saw this video or not, Russ, but it uh, the clip I saw of it was him saying, uh, if you're on this call, you are part of the unlucky group that's being laid off. I don't know that there's a good way to do layoffs, really. I don't know if there's a great way to do it, especially if you have to lay off 900 people. But this is definitely the wrong way to do it. And it was such a disaster that three of Better.com's top executives resigned over this. And then here comes the, the as if you, you think like that's not weaselly enough. Then he posts anonymously, the CEO of this company uh, posts anonymously on a website, some comments that 250 of those people that they cut were lying on their time cards. People saying they worked eight hours when they only worked two. And then uh, was later found out that he was the anonymous author of that post. Were not a good they- week for better.com. No. Were they lying on their time cards? I suspect they were not, but I don't know, Tone. I mean, 
it's easy to say, oh man, look at him doing this anonymously. You just would take the side of whatever doesn't look make at, sense. Look at Tony the suit. Look at Tony yeah. the suit taking over. I mean, do you really management. expect him to have a meeting with all 900 people? Don't fire me on a Zoom call, bro. There, there's a worse. There's a. I, well, tell me if you think this is better or worse because I heard about this once. Uh, the media company Gatehouse. I don't know if you've, if you're familiar with them. Uh, owns a bunch of newspapers. They bought the Oklahoman, the newspaper in Oklahoma mm-hmm. City. I believe this was 2018. And uh, newspapers have all kinds of layoffs all the time. This happens. But they came in and they had a meeting, uh, mandatory all staff meeting to explain this to everyone and tell them all about it. 35 minute meeting. And it ends with, by the way, some of you will be laid off and you'll know because you've just been sent an email about it. Meeting over. No, so man. 37 people found out that they had been laid off that day because Ooh. they were checking their email as they left that meeting. Man. And finally, Russ, this was front page news. In my hometown of Elgin, Illinois, and I don't know if either of you guys have ever seen Parks and Rec, but I have never felt more like I live in Pawnee than this happening, where front page, literally front page news of the Daily Herald is a cow broke out of a trailer in the middle of Randall Road. And is this is like, you know, you remember when we went to the bank, Russ, yes. out here? That That's Randall Road, like big Got six it. lane 45 miles an hour, retail everywhere. A cow somehow, uh, I guess, I assume this trailer must have been at a stoplight, uh, got out of its trailer and just starts walking around in the middle of the day, walking through all this traffic. Just, uh, you know, this happens like right in front of a Walmart. This cow walked more than two miles, traveled more than walked, ran, whatever a cow does, galloped uh, more than two miles before they finally got it. Rick West is the reporter of the Daily Herald, called it, quote, Quite a cow motion. Ooh. Pause for laugh. <laughs> uh, it took the police two hours to wrangle this car. They had tranquilizer darts, but they were kind of torn on whether or not to use those because, it's like, are these strong enough to knock out a cow? And then, you know, once we've knocked out the cow, then what? What's our plan? How are we picking this thing up and putting it anywhere? So the cow eventually ends up in uh, kind of an open field and they lasso it with a rope that the other end is tied to their tow hitch and they eventually steer this thing into back into its trailer and, uh, and then they were done with it. And uh, the cow was bucking wildly during all of this, not happy about being lassoed and having its uh, joyride end. Uh, smacked into the Ford Expedition that they were trying to tow the cow with, kind of, kind of like plowed into the side of it a little bit. Didn't do any damage, but the uh, the officer said that he left a huge smear of cow snot on the window. All right. Um, <laughs> thank you for that, Jason. As always, um, one thing we it's always the important news. It's always the things that we need to cover, Russ. I got you. I got you. You just one want to do this show where we just goof around, and it's like we're a journalism entity. Got it. Got it, man. One thing we did miss the they took the letters off the stable center this week. I didn't. That even know. sucks. You talk about oh, an entity now. What's it called now? What's the Crypto. new name? Crypto.com yeah. center. The big crypt. 
out think, in California. I think these companies are paying too much money f- to put their names on stuff. Like nobody's gonna buy crypto because they name where the Lakers play this thing. But but I mean it's advertising because as soon as it was announced, they, they their clicks on crypto.com probably went up thousands of percent. Because people didn't even know what crypto.com was. Mm. People just take money from anywhere. I mean, I don't, I don't know that it's ever had that effect on me, Tony. When a stadium has been named after a company, I've been like, oh, let's go check that out. Right. Or oh, I should get my, I should do my banking at that bank. Or I, I don't know if it's ever. I don't know if any decision I've ever made has been based on that. I'm not sure. Those things are stupidly overpriced. I feel like we should be able to put our name on in the stadium. That's how much it should be worth. Sports adjacent stadium. Sports adjacent stadium. Okay. Well, well, we're not paying. Somebody would have to pay us. So this could be the crypto.com sports adjacent podcast if they pay enough. Oh, no. He wants us to, uh, when the Bears build their new stadium in Arlington Heights, for it to be sports adjacent stadium. That's what he's saying, Russ. I'm, we're not. We don't. We can barely afford you, Tony. We can't afford naming rights. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Um, that's gonna do it for this week's episode of Sports Adjacent. Um, great episode as always. Um, yep. Our podcast is speaking of sponsorships. Our podcast is sponsored by BetUS. Log on to BetUS.com. Use our promo code Sports Adjacent. Get a hundred twenty-five percent sign-up bonus after you spend your first fifty dollars. Um, Jason, you wanted to add something. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Make sure you like, Incorrect. like, comment, subscribe to the podcast. You guys have been doing a great job sharing our clips. Continue to do that on social. Continue to tell friends, family, and enemies about our podcast. Enemies. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, downloads are downloads. Um <laughs> Make sure you leave a comment. You can do that. Give us five stars. That helps us out a lot. For Russ Dorsey, that's Jason Leisure, Tony Gill, our producer. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.